he was almost like present with me all the time. And the feeling kept uh, coming bigger and bigger uh, until we just told each other what we felt. It's kind of eerie, really. From this very day to that day in July 2017, there hasn't been a day when we haven't spoken. Welcome to Equal Parts, a series of true love stories told by the couples themselves. Today's guests connected through their shared love of art and literature. And at first, the daily DMs, video calls and voice notes made it easy to forget the distance between them. So how did a Brit and a Brazilian end up together in France? Let's find out. My name's Robert. I recently completed my PhD in History of Art and English. I currently live in France and I'm currently applying for postdoctoral funding in Brazil. I'm Felipe, I'm from Brazil and I'm an art historian. I'm currently doing my PhD in art history in France. Well, I'm doing it in Brazil, but I'm in France for a period abroad for my research. We met in 2018, so we've been together for about two and a half years. More than anything else, I would say that he's very kind and very thoughtful. Very creative and very intelligent and sensitive. Very warm and caring, combined with him being very intelligent and someone who I can have very interesting conversations with. He's a very quiet person, although not with me because we talk all the time. (laughs) Someone who I think has helped me to change for the better, has made me think more about myself and, yeah, someone who I felt I've grown with. I mean, we've always been quite similar since the beginning and we've realised that as soon as we started speaking. But there's lots of things that have become more intense in a way. I don't know. Like, I think, (laughs) in a way, maybe uh, we've got more and more similar, even in terms of awkwardness sometimes. (laughs) Because, well, I guess uh, being in a relationship with a Brit (laughs) increases that. And I'm from a region in Brazil where people are also known for being a bit awkward. I think I followed him on Instagram first. We're never quite sure, but I think I followed him first. Or rather, I saw some of his photos on my Explore feed on Instagram. And I liked them. And maybe he liked mine and followed me, or I followed back, or I don't know, uh, something like that. We started following each other in the period, like the Christmas period, 2016 to 2017, that kind of in-betweeny time. And I, I sort of got a hint, I suppose, because he would often, he would like my posts, practically all of them, whenever I posted anything. I just saw that he was also an art history PhD student at the time. So I... I remember seeing that and finding him really cool. Sometimes I would leave a comment. And vice versa, actually. But we never actually spoke. I, on my side, felt that guys can be quite creepy online. I didn't want to be presumptuous or I didn't want to seem, oh, yet another guy going into his DMs, etc. And because he was a very, very good looking guy, 
I wondered if that was the case. And so I actually didn't think I had much of a chance until I just decided, well, I'll just send him a message. This one day in July, because I remember it being winter in Brazil and it was a bit chilly. He replied to a nice story of mine where I was complaining about uh, this evangelical guy at my gym who was trying to convert me. <laughs> so he replied to that. We started talking and we talked a lot about things that we liked, about what we did, about art history and books. And we talked a lot. Seeing that he collected old photographs on, on his profile, that was something I found really interesting. And also the fact that he had, uh, well, has a tattoo on his chest that's based on a design by a, a 19th century French artist who I loved, still do, Gustave Doré. And it's an image from Dante's Divine Comedy. We obviously have some mutual interests. So I sent the message to him in July. And in essence, we spoke every single day. After that, every single day. It's kind of eerie, really. From this very day to that day in July 2017, there hasn't been a day when we haven't spoken. When we started talking for a while, we kind of decided to be on friendly, ter on friendly terms because, well, it was complicated. He was there and I was in Brazil. And so we didn't really want to immediately make it romantic. But we soon ended up like, because we talked so much ever since. After talking to him, for maybe a week or even less. I talked to him on video for the first time. I think on that first, just before that first occasion when we video chatted, because I think we did it so soon after we first started talking, I hadn't really had time to think about it. So I, I did treat it quite casually. It was still light outside. And so we could see each other clearly. I was just very, very intrigued <laughs> because, you know, I'd seen his photos and just seen how good looking he is. And I know when you can see someone who you've only seen in photos there, even though it's on the other side of a screen and you see them moving and talking, you do, you do get a better sense of them. We'd actually sent each other audio recordings of our voices so that we could hear what we sounded like. And we sent each other recordings, reading poems that we liked or extracts from novels. And I remember actually even just hearing his voice. I thought he had a lovely voice and a very nice accent. So that's actually, yeah, well, something I, I, I really like about him is his voice. So we had already heard each other before we, we spoke on video. He was almost like present with me all the time because well, I had my phone. And he was basically someone who was with me, like in my hand <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and the feeling just uh, kept uh, coming bigger and bigger uh, until we just told each other what we felt. We talked a lot on video, and after we realized we loved each other, we did it almost every day. <laughs> and then, and then it was different because. I mean, I was already supposed to come to France for a research trip. And I said, oh, I'm going to go to the UK so I can meet you and stuff and can, can do things in the UK, also have friends there. But initially, 
I, I mean, I think I, I knew when I when I said I wanted to do that, I knew why I wanted to do that, of course. But initially, when we first decided that I would go and see him, it was also just in friendly terms. So I was supposed to just uh, like his, he said, like, you can stay in the lounge, etc. Uh, I live in a shared house. Okay. And that was it. But the spirit of me thinking I was going to go there and sleep in the lounge was very short because soon I knew there was going to be something else. <laughs> so, Oh, that day was such a lovely day. So he came on the Eurostar from Paris to London, and then he got the train from London to Oxford. And so I went to meet him at the train station in Oxford. Very brief encounter. I was I was a bit nervous, and Robert probably was a bit nervous too. Very, very nervous, in a sort of giddy way, just hoping that everything you've seen sort of on a video and all the messages we'd exchange, whether meeting in person would feel the same, be the same. And I remember I realized his train had arrived and all these people were coming through through the barriers. All of a sudden he turned the corner and there he was. And it felt so both strange and lovely that someone we'd only seen in videos was just was suddenly there. It felt natural because we already talked so much that it was not one of those situations when you meet someone in person and it feels awkward. I think immediately as we met, we hugged and kissed. It felt very intense and nice. It almost feels like a surprise and like, oh, this is finally happening. Almost like I I was being electrocuted. (laughs) Electrocuted, I mean, in a good way when I say that. Being physically close to him felt really nice and it felt right. Yeah, it was like just perfect hug and kiss <laughs> from the very beginning. And we got a taxi to his house. Uh, and for hours, I, for- I completely forgot to message my family, message my friends uh, or ev- anyone. So my mum later was like, it was quite worried, especially because she knew I was going to meet someone I knew from the internet. I, I think she <laughs> <laughs> she was a bit scared, maybe, I don't know, but she was quite worried because I had completely forgotten. And then, basically, he was originally only going to stay for one week in Oxford. But by the end of that week, we obviously had gotten so used to being with each other and we were just so enjoying it that it just filled us with dread, the thought of having him having to go home. So he actually, on the morning that he was supposed to leave, he actually phoned up his airline and changed his flight to a week later so that we got to stay together for another week in Oxford. And I remember that morning, just the feeling of relief. And we'd been, the week he had been there, we'd been rushing around doing quite a lot of stuff. So it was, we knew that we had this week where we could just be a bit more relaxed and do what we wanted to do and just enjoy being together he had to go back to Brazil. We started living together uh, about a year ago now. There are certain things you only know about a person when you live with them. There are these periods in a relationship, particularly when you're an international couple, when things will be a bit more stressful because obviously... Uh, you, you, there are things you have to 
consider, which couples who are from the same country don't have to think about. But you realize that those are things which eventually you'll sort them out and you can find ways to get around them or get through them. And that doing those things helps to strengthen your bond, essentially. Well, first thing, I didn't expect to be getting married in France in the middle of a pandemic. And now here I am doing this. You know, it's this quite crazy if you think about it. We came to France because it was where Philippe came to do his PhD research. And it's somewhere that he's always been interested in and always loved. And he learned French when he was very young. So I, I came to join him here. And you can love a place, but there are still things which do, do make life difficult. <laughs> and the, the language, for me particularly, because I don't still fluently speak French, has been difficult. But fortunately, Philippe, is fluent in French. So we've, we've got through all right. But there are, there are those difficulties, which is why eventually we would like to settle in a country where one of us is a national, is a citizen, because it does make things a bit easier. We're already going to get married in a month, well, a month's time, basically. And after that, we are going to Brazil in December. And well, who knows after where we might end up, but normally we should stay in Brazil for two years or so and move to the UK because, well, I, I guess it's only fair after living in France, in Brazil, all because of me, that we go to the UK. I feel like I've gotten to know not just Philippe himself, but also I've gotten to know another country. Brazil isn't somewhere that I had ever... I didn't know much about it before I knew Philippe and I had obviously never been there and I didn't think I ever would. It seemed so far away and besides getting to know him, there was also discovering this really fascinating country and the culture there, uh, the food, the amazing food and the art and, and the literature as well. That's something during our early conversations that we talked a lot about. We kind of exchanged things and he told me a lot of, about um, Brazilian artists and authors who I might like, and also the language as well, which I'm still still just starting to get to grips with, but Portuguese is a beautiful language. <laughs> it's very hard not to learn Portuguese when you were in Brazil as a foreign person, because most people don't speak English, so you're kind of forced to learn. <laughs> it does feel now somewhere that I've gotten to know better and I do, I do feel like it is home there. I have family there now and yeah, it's, it's a nice feeling. Equal Parts is produced by me, Maria Passingham. Robert and Felipe, thank you so much for taking part in the show and congratulations. This gorgeous couple were married in October and recently moved to Brazil. May you have many joyful years together. Thanks also go to Audio Network for the music in this podcast. For every episode of Equal Parts, I ask an artist to create an impression of the story. This time, Rosie Sheed, aka Rosie Paper Art, used intricate layers of paper and card to capture the essence of Robert and Felipe's love story. You can find it and the gallery of all artwork so far at equalpartspodcast.co.uk. Also on the website is a transcript for every episode of the show. Accessibility! <laughs> 
If you're enjoying Equal Parts Season 2 so far, please consider becoming a patron to support the show. You can find a link to my Patreon in the show notes for this episode. Thank you. Next week, suddenly seeing what was in front of you all along. I was not really interested in just dating or, you know, just being girlfriend, especially also for her. So I had to be sure of what I wanted as well before even making any move in that direction. Do you know what? If you're so serious about this, I'll just take this as a holiday. I said, okay, fine. I'm going to I'm going to come visit you. Let's say I was like 80% convinced. It, it, it was during the visit that I kind of became more sure that, you know, this is what I wanted.